Well, praise God. Good morning. Uh, and good morning to everyone at the back as well. So I, I, I tend to wander a little bit, so who knows, I might even wander down to the, the back of the room before the, the morning's out. Always a great privilege to be with friends. Uh, I, one of my lasting memories of Steve was uh, when, I, when we went to Uganda and we were travelling in this uh, minibus down the Ugandan roads, which are a little bit bumpy, uh, and, and Steve kept hitting his head on the, the ceiling. Uh, and I remember him uh, at the back of uh, the minibus, you know, shouting out, uh, Curtis, I will never believe another word that you tell me. He said, uh, PFJ said, I know what it stands for. It's not passion for Jesus, it's punishment for Jesus. So, so I, I, I think at the time it was when you were connected with, with CIM. And so, so of course, we, we had to come back at it and say, well, that stands for Cushy International Ministries. So, uh, so uh, those were the days. But, but we had blessed times and, uh, and had a great time at Lake Malawi one time, which uh, I'm sure Steve will tell you about, a nice hotel on the lake in Malawi. Yeah, you all saw the photos and everyone said, I want to go on a trip like that. So, but it's great to be with you. Uh, I always love coming down here, uh, one uh, you know, because we, we really honour and appreciate the heart of what you're carrying and the anointing that you're carrying in this house. We also consider many of you to be good friends. Uh, and, and I love also the fact that in the wonderful world of Facebook, I can also keep up to date with a lot of your lives. Uh, and I know one or two of you keep up to date uh, with our lives as well. And, and so they're also great, just great tools to stay connected. Uh, and and we, we've had a great, great start to the new year. Uh, been across to Zambia at the beginning of this last month and just had a great, great time over there. Uh, particularly my, my real passion is I just love to spend time with church leaders. I, I have a little motto Healthy leaders produce healthy churches. Uh, and, and so I just believe if we invest time in leaders, that doesn't only benefit their lives, it benefits the life of the church. Uh, and so I'm really passionate about that. I'm also passionate because I, I believe that, that biblical leadership is, is not on the model of organization, but I believe, really believe it's on the model of family. Uh, and and, and the, as the Apostle Paul said, there are many teachers, but there are few fathers. Uh, and I believe that we, we need more fathers and mothers in the house of God, you know, reproducing their DNA in the lives of others and raising up sons and daughters who, who will receive an inheritance. Uh, you, you, you know, my, my mother passed away at the end of last year, and we're just in that whole process of probate and sorting out, but she left an inheritance because she was a, a good woman. 
Uh, and, and, and one of the, the great things I believe in the body of Christ is we don't just live for the here and now, but we live for the generations that are to come and to leave an inheritance for those generations. So they're, they're just sort of things that we're passionate about. Uh, we, we've had one of our, our team, uh, some of you know Carla, she's, she's just been to Turkey because uh, now whenever she books a flight anywhere, she always makes sure that she can go through Istanbul and she ends up going to the house of prayer in Istanbul because IHOP have got a house of prayer in there and so she loves going in there and, uh, and, and praying in the house of prayer but also hitting the streets and sharing the gospel with uh, many people in that, that Muslim nation. Uh, and then uh, she, she went on to Nepal as well, where we've seen 255 leaders trained, because uh, uh, we, we have now a whole, whole range of training material that, that we produce, people from Bhutan, China, India, Bangladesh, uh, getting trained up in, in, uh, in leadership. And so, so we just praise God for what he's doing. Uh, I'm off to Albania a week on Tuesday, uh, just for three nights, uh, going across seeing a uh, leader of uh, church we connect with over there. And so just value your prayers. Uh, and we just believe God's heart is nations. Uh, and, and it burns within us with a passion. Uh, I mean, it's great to have uh, Nigerians in the house uh, today and, and great to have RCCG represented. We... we have some great relationships with our CCG churches and uh, Daddy Geo and his, his vision, just tremendous vision that they have to plant a church every four miles. Uh, and so, I mean, it's phenomenal. They have thousands upon thousands of churches now across the world and hundreds literally in this country. I mean, they're just planting at a phenomenal rate. And all of that is making a difference spiritually to our nation. The, these are good days to be alive. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be around any other day than this day. You know, tremendous challenges in front of us, but I, I believe God is up to something. Uh, and I believe God is one step ahead of the enemy. You know, sometimes when I'm amongst Christians, it, it almost sounds as though the enemy is one step ahead of the Lord. Uh, I, I want to remind you today the Lord is one step ahead of the enemy. There is no such thing as an attack from the enemy. Yeah, yeah, there is only one attacking force, and that is the Church of Jesus Christ that is the invading force into planet Earth. And we are on the move. We are on the attack. And all that the enemy can do is try to counterattack the, the invasion force of God's kingdom. And, and so we're on the front foot. Uh, and, and these are great days to be alive. I, I believe these are days of harvest. Uh, I, I believe the fields are wide unto harvest. There's no such thing as people being, being switched off by the gospel. I, I just don't believe that at all. I believe people are hungry, but they're looking in a variety of areas. And, and sometimes in the church, we, we just bemoan the fact they're looking somewhere else. Well, well it's time for the church to rise up. 
uh, and for the presence of God to be released, the gospel to be proclaimed, and wherever the gospel is proclaimed, salvation will follow. Why? why? Because God is committed to his word. You know, he is totally committed to what he has said. And so these are great days to be alive. I'm going to share a little bit this morning from Isaiah 54. It's just what's buzzing around me at the moment. Slightly different emphasis I'm going to bring in, into the house here today. But, but I, I just believe these are days of expansion. They're days of increase, days of growth. Uh, we, we are more than what we have become. Yeah. We are more than what we have become. Our, our potential is immense. Why? Why? Because the greater one, the greater one lives inside each of us. You, you, you know, I don't know if any of you grew up on the diet of Doctor Who, you, you, you know, and his, his wonderful phone box, that when he steps into the phone box, suddenly this big world appears. You, you, you know, well, there is a TARDIS on the inside of each one of us. You know, we are bigger on the inside than what we are on the outside. Amen. I agree. Yeah, we, we are more than what we've become. Resurrected life of Jesus lives inside each one of us. Isaiah 54 says this, Shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud. You know, we've been looking this morning, talking already about this ride with God is a wild ride. You know, well, those first few sentences there, there's a wildness attached to it. it says, shout for joy. So it says, cry aloud. You who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. That, that, that's a tremendous promise. Promise of fruitfulness for every single person in here. God, God's interested in one thing and one thing alone, and that is that each of us become fruitful in life. You know, right, right at the beginning of Genesis, you know, you know, we, we see God's master plan. And his master plan is this, that we reproduce of our own kind. In, in other words, that there is fruitfulness, is release in mankind. And I believe we're called to be fruitful people, to reproduce of our own kind. There is just some supernatural grace and power at work within each one of our lives that is waiting to leap out of our lives into the lives of others. It's like that old saying we've had in church for many years where there is truth in it that some things are better caught than taught. You know, why, why do I take people on lunatic missions with me where their, their heads get rearranged by the ceiling of a minibus? Why, why do I do that kind of thing? Why, why, why do I do what we've just done in, in Zambia? I took a, 
uh, a young guy with me who, uh, well, well, he's 40 now, which is young to us. But, but we, we've known Chris since he was 12. Uh, and, and, and so the old man, as he refers to me, the old man took him on mission to Zambia. You, you know, it takes 24 hours to get there. We get off, off the plane, and the same day that we get off the plane, we're straight into ministry, and there is no pause in ministry, really, uh, all weekend. Why, why do we do lunatic things like that? It, it's because I believe this, that if someone gets close enough to me, that there is a fire within me that is contagious and will leap from me into them because we are made to reproduce of our own kind. That's why I believe in relationship. That, that's why I believe in impartation. Believe in the laying on of hands, not just in the traditional way where we go around and we lay hands on people uh, and, 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 and they, they, they fall in that perpendicular sort of manner in which people sometimes fall. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is that, that physical contact where the very life of God that's within us leaps out of us and changes a person's life forever. So if you know my, my good friend John Seddon, you, you know, I, I, I would class John, John really as a spiritual son. I, I remember being at John's house one night. We shook hands ju- just as we were about to leave at the end of the evening. This is on you know, his driveway in, in full public view. Don't you love it when God decides to show you up in public? <laughs> You know, it was one of those setups, Holy Spirit setups. And as we went to shake hands, the two of us just collapsed to the floor. And then we started to roll around with that wild laughter on the floor. And as we're rolling around with the wild laughter on the floor, Michelle, John's wife, comes to the door and she's wondering what is going on. And so she's just laughing at the the view of these two guys rolling around on the floor. Somehow managed to get back to the car, you you know, sort of staggered, drunk-wise, back to the car, got into the car. Now, John has uh, a block-paved drive. One of the side effects of being rolling around on his block-paved drive was this, that sand was coming out of the back of my hair. It seemed like for weeks on end. <laughs> Felt like that. I, I know some of you are saying, hair, have you got hair? Well, well, I have got a little tuft at the back. But John's life, in a moment, was changed forever. Fruit of his life being changed forever is this, that, that he would wake up at three o'clock in the morning not because he had insomnia, but because he had a burden in his heart to pray. At five o'clock in the morning, he would set out from the house, you know, walking drunk-wise. You know, he was drunk at five o'clock in the morning, walking drunk to the church to open it up at six o'clock for an early morning prayer meeting. At that early morning prayer meeting, unsaved people also came through the door for prayer. 
You know it's a move of God sometimes when, when Christians get up at six o'clock to pray. You, you, know, you know there's a bit of a miracle happening. But, but when the unsaved could turn up at six in the morning, you know you've got a move of God on your hands. And I remember people saying to me, they said, will it last? I, 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 I didn't even have to think about it. I knew what he had caught. And I knew that, that he had caught the genuine article. And you have a genuine touch of God in your life. And your life is ruined forever. <laughs> your, your life is messed up forever. We're made for fruitfulness. We're made to reproduce of our own kind. Each one of us in this place, we're each carrying unique graces. There is a grace that is upon a house that is a corporate anointing and grace. But then there are individual graces and anointings that each of us carry. And we're called to reproduce of our own kind. Three relationships that are vital in in the body of Christ. You, you see it in, in, in the, the life uh, uh, of Paul. You know, with Paul, every Paul needs a Barnabas. We, we, we all need someone over us in the Lord, someone who will provoke us, someone who will take us that little bit further. And, and, and sometimes we don't just need one relationship like that. We need a multitude of relationships as different graces prod and provoke us. Then every Paul needs a Silas. People who just stand alongside us. People who are there in the good times and in the bad times. People who are just friends, where you stand shoulder to shoulder together, where you're brothers and sisters in the trenches fighting for one another. Then every Paul needs a Timothy. This is, this is where I'm getting to in this. We're all called to be fruitful. And we all have a grace to reproduce. And I believe that, that for each one of us in this place, we all have a Timothy in our life. Someone who we can spur on to greater things in God. Deeper depths. Higher heights. I, I, I love what Howard shared about the, the next phase already being looked at, not this phase that's working on, but the phase after that being looked at, because there is always new ground, new territory to be eaten up. I had someone say to me the, the other Sunday, they, they, well, they just said, how are things with PFJ? And so I said, they said, you've been out to Zambia? I said, yeah. I said, I said, and, I said, and then Carla's just got on the plane to, to Nepal, and they said, oh, I said, just can't keep up with you guys, sort of thing. You, 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 you know, and that, that was their mentality. Where I was stood in my shoes, well, what, what I was thinking is, we're, we're not going fast enough. <laughs> thinking there are more nations that are waiting to hear the word of God. There are more churches to be planted. There are more lives to be salvaged from sin. There's more hope to be restored in people. There is always more. There are more miracles to, to see and experience. 
you know, for God to break complacency in our hearts. One of the greatest weapons I believe the enemy does is to make us complacent. I thank God for everything that we've seen over the years. And we can write some great stories. But there is an ache in my heart that says there is more to come. That really we've only just scratched the surface of everything that God has got. I want to encourage you, you've only just scratched the surface. And I know that this, this house here it, it, it is not a house that, that, that doesn't know and understand moves of God. I know that this is a house that knows something of the presence of God being manifest on a regular basis. A house that is sharp in the apostolic and the prophetic. But I want to encourage you, there is more that is yet to come. Keep us moving forward, Lord. We move on a little bit further. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. It says there, spare not. Some, some versions say, don't hold back. I, I want to encourage you, don't hold back. What, whatever God has said to you, at the end of the day, step out on what God has said to you. Be obedient to his voice. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you've wanted to, to argue God out of what he said. You, you know, sometimes God says something and then immediately the logical mind starts to kick in. Uh, and we start to argue God out of what he said. We, we even give him some plausible spiritual theories and answers. You know, as to why he obviously got it wrong in the first place. The only problem is God is God. <laughs> and what I've discovered about God in life is this, that he doesn't let up. When he has spoken something, unlike us, he's very serious about what he says. In fact, he commits all of his character, all of his name, all of his honour to the word that he's declared. I remember a number of years ago, poor, poor guy who became a victim in my life. Have you, have you ever had, had dealings with people and you start to think, it's like almost they're a victim. You, you, you know, what, what am I doing this in, in their life again, messing their life up? And I remember this guy by the name of Tom, an old guy. Uh, and I remember the first time I prayed for him, he had arthritis in his, his hands, and his hands were like that. They were like clawed like that. And as the Lord started to minister to him, so his hands straightened out. I then remember us doing a healing meeting, and he came to the healing meeting with his stick, and I remember us getting, distinctly remember it, getting into trouble because we nicked his stick. I mean, I, I just thought that that was what you were meant to do in healing meetings. If someone wanted to walk, encourage them to walk and take the stick away from them. He, he got to ride in his bike. And, and all the time he had people speaking it. I mean, it's amazing. Negative stuff into his life. 
You, you know, you shouldn't be riding a bike. He, he was wanting to get on his bike and, and, and put the healing into practice. And all the time, unbelief and doubt and negativity being spoken into him. But I remember one night with Tom, we were in a little house group meeting. And he shared that he was unable to praise God out loud. And, uh, and I had one of those dreadful moments where the Holy Spirit spoke. And where the moment the Holy Spirit spoke, I, I, I was in turmoil. It, because what I, what I heard within me was this. I heard, open his mouth, grab his tongue, whip his tongue out of his mouth so that he praises God. I, 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 th- I thought, this guy's in his 80s. I, I, I love elderly people. I actually am really, really passionate about the fact that we should treat elderly people with gentleness, dignity, and respect. It's one of the things I'm passionate about. And the Holy Spirit is saying saying this, I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing the characters that are in the room and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be in trouble here. But, you know, the more you argue the more the Holy Spirit argues back. You you know, because he does not let up. He's passionate enough about us. He's passionate enough about people to not let up. And so there came the moment where somehow his mouth opened just at the right point and I stuck (laughs) my, my hand in and the tongue came out and immediately the tongue came out. He started to praise God. Don't hold back. That's a silly little story about not holding back. But there are times in life where the bigger issues of life are at stake. There are times in life where the weightier issues are at stake. And the Holy Spirit's word to each one of us is not to hold back. Don't talk yourself out of what God is saying, but step out on the words of Jesus. It's interesting with Peter. The only time he walked on the water was when he was walking on the words of Jesus. Yeah, the only thing to step out on in life is the word of Jesus. Anything other than that is simply presumption. Anything other than that might seem spiritual. It might look spiritual. I've discovered that so many things that seem spiritual, look spiritual, have no spirituality in them whatsoever. The only thing worth building our lives on is the spoken word of Jesus. Don't hold back. I don't know how I'm going to get through all this today, Steve. (laughs) What time do I finish? (laughs) I knew there'd be an answer like that. I was going to ask right at the beginning. And I thought it'd be be typical of a a house that is prophetic, that they say, just keep going, you you know. Or keep going until there's no one sat in a seat, isn't it? That's what it is. So when, when you've all left, then I know it's time to sit down. <laughs> but 
But, but you know, I'm just such a belligerent character that I'll preach to the empty seats anyway. So, <laughs> says here, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Lengthen your courts. Just very, very simple thing on this. Expansion and increase is God's heart for each one of us. Growth is God's heart. Again, there is never a time to not be growing. Never a time to not discover something new, something fresh. New encounters with God. New outbreaks of the Holy Spirit. New visions. Realigned purposes. All of these things, I believe, are in the heart of God at this time. It's time to enlarge. I, I, I love the, the principle of increase all over Scripture. Uh, I love that the glory of the latter is always greater than the glory of the former. You, you know, just on a dead individual level, you know, that the, what is to come is greater than what has been. You know, wherever you are in life at this moment in time, no matter what your past is, you, you know, it's amazing how our past can limit us. Not, not just in that negative sense uh, 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 of the failings of the past, but sometimes the success of the past can limit us as well. And it's good to know that what is to come is far greater than anything that we've experienced. We've had words recently over our lives that are concerning our future. That, that our future is better than our past. I, I, I'm just so glad of that. I, I intend by the grace of God. You know, and again, it's the grace of God. I intend by the grace of God that when I'm an old, cantankerous, grumpy, (laughs) painful man, (laughs) that there's still a passion in my heart by the grace of God to still be dreaming when I leave this planet. Why? Because the dreams that God gives us are not just for us, they are for others. That's why some in the book of Hebrews, they died before they saw the fullness of what God had promised them. Why? Because what he had promised them wasn't just for them, but it was for those that were to come. In fact, the older you get in life, the more these things matter to you. You The only thing that really matters as you get on in life is legacy, legacy, legacy. It's what are we leaving in the earth? What are we leaving for those that will move on after us? You know, we're here to break the ground so that it's easier for the generations that that are to come. We're here to win a few battles so that those that are to come don't have to fight the battles we fought. I, I, I really thank God that... I had the privilege, some of you remember great apostolic guy in the nation by the name of Bryn Jones from a number of years ago. You know, Bryn fought a load of battles that we're all living in the good of. 
Uh, I mean, we, we tell, often tell young people that, you know, what church was like 30 years ago. You know, today it is radically different because there were some people who fought a few battles. Brim was one of those guys. He, he was just blessed with a bulldog attitude and spirit, and he just you know, belligerently blasted his way through whatever stood in front of him. But the result of that is that we come into the good. And I remember seeing him uh, about five weeks before he went to be with the Lord. He was over in Bolton, and I had the, the privilege of being the catcher. You know what it's like when you got the line of people and they just put someone behind just in case. And, and so I, I was behind, and, uh, and actually there was no one to catch that day. But Bryn you know, prophesied into every life that was there. And all that you could see oozing out of him and out of his eyes was the love of Jesus. Uh, I mean, you could see a man who was five weeks from going to be with the Lord at the end of his ministry, still full of Jesus and still spilling Jesus into people's lives. By God's grace, let there be an increase on our lives. By God's grace, let us be stronger at the end of our journey than what we've been at the beginning of our journey. By God's grace, let us leave an inheritance for those that are to come so that it's easier for generations to come because we've stood up and we've fought some battles that needed to be fought. says here, strengthen your pegs. Some versions say, strengthen your stakes. I have a whole host of stuff that normally I unpack on this whole thing of strengthening stakes. Because you're breaking out your extension, your expansion, will only be made possible if you go deep. Only made possible if you strengthen the stakes. You know, you don't strengthen the stakes, it will all fly away. It'll all crash down around you. A few years ago, we, we had a guy, some of you might know him, Jonathan Conrath, ke- came to us and brought us a great word on, on strengthening stakes. You know, spoke some specific stuff into our lives. And what we did was we started to address those stakes that needed strengthening. And the result of that is that we're now in a place of expansion and growth. We, we couldn't be doing what we're doing today had we not strengthened the stakes. All kinds of things. You know, I believe we need to strengthen the stakes of relationships. Kingdom of God is administered relationally. Relationship is at the very heart of who God is. He's a God of relationships. Trinity speaks to us of relationship. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect union one with another. They, they show us how relationship is meant to happen. You know, relationship, it happens out of mutual submission and honour. I, I believe honour is critical in the body of Christ. It is critical in our relationships. Why, why, why did no miracles take place at Nazareth? I mean, it gives us a little clue. 
It says on the one hand that no miracles took place because of unbelief. That's what it says. But also it tells you what, what that unbelief fed on. Because it says a prophet is without honour in his own town. And Jesus in his own town was without honour. And the lack of honour limited the miraculous happening. So relationships are vital to honour one another. You know, to no longer recognise anyone after the flesh. But instead we recognise the deposit of Jesus inside someone. That's where true unity flows. Flows out of mutual submission and honour. Unity, I believe, is vital. Relationships are vital. Moves of God invariably are limited because of two things. Relationship issues. And you you watch wherever a move of God starts to happen, tensions start to come in relationships. And so we need to always address relational issues. But the second thing you will see is that money also will limit a move of God. Uh, that's why what, what was shared earlier by Howard is vital. Moves of God don't just happen. They happen because people invest in moves of God. You know, I, 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 I have no, no reason to, to come here and, and mention that kind of stuff today because I'm not here to extract pounds and shillings out of you. I just simply say, you know, invest in a move of God. It's vital. But this particular stake that I want to finish with today for you is to strengthen the stake of influence. I, I really believe concerning you as a house here today and I believe the network that you're growing as well. I believe that you are more than what you've become. I, I believe that you punch above your weight. I, I believe that you de- deliver far bigger than your numbers and your structure. And that gives me great cause for hope. That, that, that just simply tells me that God is all over what you're doing. But I believe in this season it is a time to take your place. It is a time to stand up and be who God made you to be. Not, not, not to follow any other model that might be out there, but to follow the model and the pattern that God has given to you. I, I believe there is a uniqueness in this house. I believe there is an influence waiting to break out uh, of this house, not only into the nation, but into the nations of the world. There are thousands upon thousands, I believe, who are waiting to come under the influence of the anointing that you are carrying. 
I, I, I don't believe in saying thousands upon thousands. That, that there is any stretch of it, exaggeration in that. I believe thousands upon thousands are waiting to come under the influence of this house. The, these are extraordinary days. These are days where God is able to do far more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. Some of you have been asking for big things. Some of you have been dreaming big things. That, that bit where it says more than you imagine. You, you know, I always interpret that he is able to do more than your wildest dream. You, you know, there are times in God where we have wild dreams, but he is able to do more than your wildest dream. Whatever the biggest extent of the dream that you've had, he simply says, I will do more. He, it isn't the Halifax that gives you a little bit extra. It is the Lord who gives you a little bit extra. You know, it... it, it it's like that bit, isn't it, where, where it talks about nestling under the shadow of his wings and it refers to him as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is not only sufficient, but, but he's a, as a lot of the guys say, he is the God who is more than enough. It's not just enough for our needs. He's a God who gives the little bit extra. And that's why I say it's not a small thing to say that thousands upon thousands are waiting to come under the influence of this house. But the key is this, so that you're true to yourselves and that you're true to what God has put on the inside of you. You're true to the pattern he's given you and you're true to the vision he's set before you. The, the, these are days, I, I believe, for the truly apostolic. And, and I believe in, in saying that, that the, the we start to see apostolic networks that, that operate in different ways to what those networks have operated traditionally. You know, so sometimes we just look at what models are already out there and we say, well, we've got to reproduce what is out there. I believe there is no shortage of creativity in God. You know, someone, I, I, I mean, I'm a little bit naughty at times. I, 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 do, I do believe in vision and strategy and purpose and all that kind of stuff. But, but I remember a few years ago, someone saying to me, well, what is your vision? What is your strategy? And I said this, I said, it's very simple. I said, I'm putting my hand in the hand of Jesus and we're going for a walk and we'll see over 20, 30 years what Jesus builds and establishes. And I believe that that's what God is looking for in these days. People who will be people of faith who will build according to the heavenly pattern. You know... Influence makes a massive difference. Uh, I'll finish with this one story. Uh, first time I ever went across to Zambia, I had preacher's dilemma. Any preachers here who've ever had preacher's dilemma? You know, you don't know what you're going to preach. You know, you, you've got 17 messages and which message do I bring? That, that kind of thing. And I remember being over in Zambia 
And it was my first time on the continent of Africa, going and seeing a good friend of mine, Joseph Wheeler. Joseph had started the church about six months earlier. He'd grown from nothing to about 400 people in that time. Every Friday night, they had all-night prayer watches. Yeah, times of prayer and fasting, they did at the drop of a hat. Every week, there was a dozen or so people waiting to give their lives to Christ as the gospel was preached. They'd already started planting other churches. You, you, you know, it, it was like, everything's happening there, Lord. What can I bring? You, you know, can't really teach them too much on prayer. Yeah, they're at it. Can't preach them too much on go with the gospel. They're going with the gospel. Can't even get going on the church planting thing, Lord, because they're planting churches. What, you know, miracles, they're already there, Lord. <laughs> they're seeing it happen all the time. What do I bring? The Lord spoke to me. He said this, go and speak about influence. He said, because you can have a large church and no influence. You can have a small church and large influence. And the best thing most of all is to have large church and large influence. But influence is what matters. Because in Zambia, when I first went to Zambia, HIV was pushing up to around about 30 to 40% of the population. Corruption was rife majority of the population struggling and suffering under the weight of poverty when the church is truly influential then I believe society starts to to change you know it's not just about people in church worshipping God but but it's about making a difference outside of these four walls and when the church fulfills its apostolic prophetic mandate then society starts to change HIV rates come down new jobs businesses start to be created prosperity starts to come into communities families start to become united and together people live fulfilling their potential that is what it's like when the kingdom of god comes and influence is about his rule and his reign and his kingdom coming and i believe that your influence will be far greater than who you are and that influence will also work it for others and for the good of others it's interesting in Pensacola when they had the famous revival there at Brownsville wasn't just Brownsville that prospered in that move of God but but the entire area people prospered in that move of God oh what will it be like if here in Burton And across this whole radius and this whole area, there comes a breakout of the kingdom of God where people down the road, suddenly changes are coming into a community. Suddenly it's easier for the gospel to be preached because there is an influence coming out of the house of God here. The apostolic is always about more than the local. It's about the regional, it's about the national, and it's about the international. 
Someone once said to me, they said, what is your vision for the next five years? I said to them, world domination. I, I, I often say, if I was sat down with a local man in Bolton, we would have the same conversation. I would simply say, you're into world domination, I'm into world domination. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got a bit off my chest this morning. Lord, I just thank you for this house. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've invested in this place. Lord, I pray for a release, Lord, of what you've invested. And I pray, Lord, for a growing influence in these days. I pray, Lord, in the forthcoming weeks, months, and years, that, Lord, there will be an influence that will go out from this house, that, Lord, will influence thousands upon thousands. And I pray that your kingdom will advance. And I pray your church will be established. And I pray, Lord, that your fame and your glory will be known once again in this nation of ours. Lord, we pray that, Lord, you have mercy on us again and have mercy on our nation. And we pray for a move of God right across this nation from, Lord, the very heights of Scotland down to the depths of the south of England. Lord, from east to west, north to south. Lord, that will sweep thousands, Lord, millions, Lord, we pray even, into the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, bless your people, bless your church, and may you be honoured and you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.